The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome new listeners who are joining us today from coast to coast in every state in the union and also members of our armed forces who are tuning in over the Internet. Thank you for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, a man whose career as an investigative journalist began at a time when reporters needed more than hearsay or one independent confirmation before breaking a story and who, along with partner Carl Bernstein, broke the Watergate scandal, Mr. Bob Woodward, will be joining us to talk about whether technology and the speed at which information now moves has damaged the media's credibility, and more importantly, what can be done to restore the people's faith in the press. So tighten your seatbelts as we get ready to tackle fake news, alternative facts, and the latest release of CIA documents by WikiLeaks in the upcoming hour. But before Mr. Woodward joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Robert Upshur Woodward was born in Geneva, Illinois, and is a graduate of Yale College and served five years in the United States Navy. Though he considered attending law school, he landed a brief, life-changing two-week trial at the Washington Post as a reporter, after which the Post passed on offering Woodward a permanent position due to his lack of experience. But Woodward, he had found his calling. So undaunted by his first run at the Post, he went to work getting the journalistic experience that he needed. He went to work at the Montgomery Sentinel. And by 1971, he was hired by the Washington Post, where today he serves as associate editor. But what you may remember Mr. Woodward best for is his work with Carl Bernstein on bringing the Watergate crimes to the public's attention, which eventually led to the resignation of President Nixon. Or for one of his 18 best-selling books. I'm so jealous. I'm barely getting my second book out the door. And he's got 18 to his name. What can I say? He has been called the most important investigative journalist in modern times and has not only been responsible for two Pulitzer Prizes, but also won more awards than we have time to go into today. It's my pleasure to welcome associate editor of The Washington Post and a journalist widely respected by the left and right of the political spectrum, Mr. Bob Woodward. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Woodward. Thank you. As you know... One of the first things President Trump and Press Secretary Spicer have done is to put the press on notice, accusing the mainstream media of inaccurate reporting, fake and agendized news, and in general, doing a poor job of informing the public of the facts. Now, you've been in the business of reporting the news since 1971, so I'd like to get your view on how processes such as getting second and third confirmation of facts have been discarded for the sake of speed. Does Trump have a point when he says the media needs to take a hard look at itself? Well, I think we always need to take a, a hard look at ourselves. Uh, and in this, in a sense, that's an ongoing look. Uh, some of the criticism is valid, but the idea that the media or the press is the enemy of the people is just not true. And uh, anyone who has said that, whether it's the president or somebody in his circle, knows that it's not true. At the same time, uh, people get angry, disagree with things. There are things that are published that probably shouldn't be published. But we, as you suggest, we live in the Internet age, and 
impatience and speed drives way too much. And so things uh, get published and often they get corrected, uh, but often they don't. So we're in a transition period, but I think in the business of news reporting or in-depth investigative reporting, we need to slow down a little and be careful. And I think there's more care than carelessness from the news media. Now, one of the most admirable aspects of your investigation of the Watergate scandal was the fact that the editor of the Washington Post forced you and Bernstein to sit on that story until you could produce corroborating evidence. But these days, it it feels as if the media is allowed to report on their suspicions alone. Um, Let's take the connection between the president and Russia, for example. Can Can you help us understand what actual evidence outside of these conversations with the Russian ambassador by Sessions and Flynn and even Manafort. I mean, what actual evidence is there of collusion? Well, I think it's been reported rather widely. There's no evidence of collusion at this point. This is what uh, is being investigated, at least by the Congress, apparently the FBI. I think the whole thing is uh, very murky. And uh, we're just going to have to be patient, as our former editor at the Washington Post said frequently. The truth emerges, often not fast enough. Uh, Everyone would like to speed up the process, but it isn't going to happen here, I'm pretty sure. Uh, So... The, you know, this, but this is the nature of public life. This is the nature of uh, suspicions that are developed. And in cases, uh, some of this, there, there is ground for suspicion. But uh, you're right. There's no, at least I am unaware of hard evidence. But that's what bothers me. It's the grounds for suspicion. You know, the, 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 the two main grounds seem to be the fact that a warrant was issued by the Obama administration uh, to uh, uh, either, you know, tap the server or wiretap to uh, see if, if there was uh, communication going on with well, Russia. Well, no, wait a minute. Right. Uh, that's what Trump has alleged. Uh, yes, I but think we don't know. Pretty, well, we know there's no evidence out there yet uh, that there was this wiretap or this warrant, or at least it hasn't been produced. But if if you're in public life, you swim in, in the sea of uncertainty quite frequently, and you just kind of have to go along with that. Uh, it, it, it It's not nice. Uh, you know, often people will say things that, are untrue or don't have a basis, but Trump has himself said many things that are very controversial. He has attacked all kinds of people, criticized people, so he put he placed himself in this arena. Uh, I can understand uh, his uh, angst about it all. Uh, but it, it's not going to be fixed right away, and everyone kind of needs to take a Valium gargle and uh, <laughs> uh, step back and say, okay, um, we're going to get to the bottom of this, or we're going to try anyway. But as you point out, we're not a very patient society these days. I mean, thanks to the Internet, uh, people want to get their news out literally overnight and uh, the Watergate investigation went on for years. Yes, it did. It was two years, two months from the Watergate burglary in June 1972 until August 1974 when Nixon uh, resigned. So uh, we're, we're going to have to see. I, I think one of the problems in all of this is there's too much discussion about the media. There's too much uh, self-focus. Now, in fairness, Trump has raised so much of this himself, but I'm much more interested in what he's really doing, what his policies are. I think that's what will have an impact on people. I think the, the 
the media is uh, generally off stage, and it's good place for us uh, to remain, if possible. Yes, I understand. But at the same time, you have also uh, called for the media to go back to basics, which I greatly admire. I think there are some basics that we could uh, go back to and uh, bring some credibility back to the press. We have to take our first break, but stay right where you are. We'll be back with more from Bob Woodward. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you or someone you know suffering from a complex medical issue, seen multiple doctors, specialists, and had extensive testing done with still no answers? You're not alone. One-third of U.S. families have suffered from an unresolved medical condition after seeing two or more physicians. CrowdMed can help. CrowdMed streamlines the healthcare process, saving patients time and money and unnecessary hospital visits and irrelevant procedures, helping them get back to health faster. CrowdMed's secret to success is a network of doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals who collaborate with their unique sets of medical expertise to solve these complex cases faster. CrowdMed works in conjunction with the healthcare system, providing patients with medically sound information that's validated and confirmed by a licensed physician. CrowdMed has achieved a 75% success rate, producing a correct diagnosis in an average of just two to three months. To see how CrowdMed can help you or someone you love, Go to CrowdMed.com today. That's CrowdMed.com. Here's George Foreman with InventHelp. Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp has been helping inventors for more than 30 years and has sales offices nationwide. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. If you have an idea and want to try to patent it and submit it to companies, you should call InventHelp today for free information. Listen, I can't guarantee a company will be interested in your idea, but I believe every inventor deserves the opportunity to step into the ring and take their best shot. Put InventHelp in your corner. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-350-9514. That's 1-800-350-9514. Again, 1-800-350-9514. Hi, registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. By far the leading cause of death worldwide is a class of illnesses doctors call non-communicable diseases, or NCDs. These are chronic long-term illnesses that aren't spread from person to person and that don't resolve themselves. One of the more recently described NCDs is a constellation of symptoms referred to as TINU or TINU. TINU, which stands for tubulo interstitial nephritis and uveitis, is an inflammation of the kidney blood vessels, that's the tubulo interstitial nephritis part, and the eyes, that's the uveitis. But this breakdown is not restricted to the eyes and kidneys, that's just where it's noticed. In other words, as exotic and complicated as it sounds, TINU is just another run-of-the-mill circulatory issue that affects the entire body. To reverse TINU or any other circulation system disease, whether it involves the kidneys, the eyes, heart, or the blood flow itself, it's best to take a two-fold approach. In the first place, strengthening blood vessels with nutrition, and in the second place, reducing the burdens on the circulatory system by eliminating digestive stresses, lowering blood sugar, and reducing psychological strain, which can put undue pressure on circulatory vessels. That means working on the digestive system by eliminating problem foods and using probiotics, working on the blood sugar system by eating less sweets and flour and processed foods and drink, and turning on the relaxation nervous system. Use nutrition, make sure you're practicing your deep breathing, and of course, mental and emotional strategies are really important. And these are all simple things that everyone should be doing, Tinu or not. Pharmacist Ben here, urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com.
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is associate editor of the Washington Post, Mr. Bob Woodward. And before the break, we were speaking about the patience needed when tackling an investigation like Trump's claim of wiretapping by the Obama administration. Now, Mr. Woodward, many people are comparing this uh, alleged wiretapping to Watergate. I'd like to get your uh, your feelings about that. In one case, uh, in Trump's particular case, there seems to be a claim that there were warrants issued, which is largely different from what happened in Watergate. Well, certainly. I mean, <laughs> Trump is alleged in a, a tweet that there was this wiretapping and that it was like Watergate and like Nixon. Uh, as we talked about earlier, I, I certainly know of no evidence uh, to support that. And if it was done, uh, was it done legally? Uh, I, you know, I just don't know. I think in many ways this is a red herring. I think it's not uh, something that's going to turn out to be true, something that's not going to have ev- any evidence to support it. But that's that's where we are now. But it's certainly uh, not like Watergate. In Watergate, it was five burglars apprehended in the Democratic Party headquarters, clearly an illegal break-in. They were arrested uh, and eventually put on trial for this. So um, it's a clear violation of law. What we have now is a very murky, vague allegation. Assuming that warrants were issued, then it would be a legal wiretapping. I mean, it, it, there, there isn't a crime associated with that, even during a presidential election, is there? Well, if, if there were warrants, in other words, if the Foreign Intelligence uh, Surveillance Court uh, issued this as part of a counterintelligence investigation, but there's no evidence of that. And uh, I, I think people who have looked at this pretty much think uh, there's nothing to support it. Right. But if there was a warrant uh, by that court, uh, it certainly would not be, it would not rise to any illegal activity. Probably not. Uh, but but I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I mean, for the uh, sitting president or the president-elect or a presidential candidate to uh the subject of some sort of uh, surveillance. Uh, I just think on the face, if that turns out to be true, is whether illegal or not, it's certainly improper. Right. I think it's more of a moral or ethical issue uh, than it would be Quite a likely. legal yeah. issue if, yeah. there was a, if there was a warrant. But, but, uh, and more importantly, uh, it didn't damage Trump's ability to become elected. Well, but it wasn't known if it's true. I mean, there was there was uh, supposedly some sort of investigations, but uh, you know, I, I honestly think it's going to take months or maybe a year or more to get to the bottom of this, and I think a lot of it's just not going to be much. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I trust your nose, Mr. Woodward. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> your, but, your nose has served us well. So, uh, but, think, but the nose doesn't lead uh, on this. Facts lead, and uh, mm-hmm. the, the facts are not known. And uh, these things are, if there if there was something, it would be highly classified. But I think in the the scheme of things, people shouldn't worry about this. Okay. Well, we certainly have other things to worry about. Now, one of the ways that that, uh, Trump seems to be trying to bypass the mainstream media and go direct to the general public is his use of Twitter. And he seems to be treating Twitter the way that politicians have used state-sponsored television and radio to go direct to the public in the past. Uh, Is there danger that the president's tweets are driving too much of the news? No, I look. Look, uh, the First Amendment applies. Uh, he's entitled to do this. Uh, it turns out to have been politically effective. Uh, Trump certainly is not the first president who tried to appeal to the public directly. Uh, all presidents I've written books on 
going back from Nixon through Obama, have done this. They give speeches, press conferences. Uh, they go Fireside out. chats. Yeah, well, none of them have tried that recently. <laughs> that goes back to FDR. But uh, that's not new. Um, one of the clever things Trump did is land on tweet on tweets, and uh, it it drives a lot of news. And when the president says some of the things he says, that clearly is news. You've got to read it and cover it. And I think the media has done that. At the same time, you have to test it. Is it true? Is there contrary evidence? But I don't know if people are te- are in the mode of testing tweets. <laughs> well, but the, but, but the press is. The press will take those and will weigh it against uh, other evidence. But I think if the media didn't cover this, uh, these tweets, uh, he supposedly has tens of millions of followers. That I'm not sure those are people who were regularly or, or certainly daily tuning in to what he says. I think, again, it's the media that covers this, and that's how people learn about what he has tweeted. We seem to be in this very, uh, we seem to be establishing a very weird trend here where the president directly tweets out to the public and then the media has to vet the tweet. And then that puts them in a sort of an oppositional position with the president because you're vetting after the fact. Well, but that's what happens in press conferences, too, uh, or speeches. Presidents uh, or candidates will say things and Often, if it's a speech like Trump's speech to Congress a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was no way to interrogate that. So that's not particularly unusual. My, but what, what is I, unusual is we're vetting every few hours. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think he does most of his uh, tweets in the morning. So yes. I, uh, but it, it can be done uh, around the clock. But but that's okay. I, I'm not disturbed about that. That's the First Amendment. He's making uh, his statements. What is interesting, it turns out that these 140-character tweets are quite serviceable uh, in the media market these days. People's attention span is much lower, and uh, it he gets a lots of he gets lots of attention and he says things in a very colorful way he says some things that are nasty and he th- says things that that often can't be supported yes and what winds up happening later i think is is as it gets investigated as a tweet gets vetted and investigated uh, then certain questions come up, and uh, it 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 kind of puts the president on on the defensive. But as you say, that that's happened before in speeches and other statements presidents have made. It just seems to be happening uh, on very short cycles these days. We have to take another scheduled intermission, but stay tuned. We'll return right after these important messages from today's sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 
KSEO is gathering together to raise money for the Special Olympics Northern California by taking a fun polar plunge into the ocean at the Santa Cruz main beach. The money raised will provide sports training and competition opportunities to the over 19,000 Special Olympics athletes. The KSEO Coldcasters are asking the community to make a donation to help create opportunities for children and adults with intellectual differences, instilling the confidence they need to succeed in life and have fun. Please join the Coldcasters to make a difference. Go to SONC.org to make a donation to Team Coldcasters. The event is on Saturday, March 11th and starts at 11.30 a.m. Don't forget, go to SONC.org to make a donation to Team Coldcasters. Healthcare that fits your Santa Cruz lifestyle. That's why Dignity Health Dominican Hospital and Dignity Health Medical Group Dominican work with you to make personal choices regarding your health. It's the type of care we can offer because we're more than just a hospital and medical group. We're part of this community. Visit dominicanhospital.org to find a doctor and start living healthy today. Healthcare that fits your Santa Cruz lifestyle. Dignity Health. Hello, human kindness. I hear church bells ringing, and this time they're ringing for my family. Hello, folks. Mike Lawson here. When I learned that I was going to be the father of the bride, I went straight to the bridal veil in Capitola. Joanne and Lisa Cecchettini had me fitted up and ready to give away the bride. It's always fun. Every girl is a new story. When she comes in, we get to find the perfect dress for her, and we see the smiles and the tears with the family when the dress is the right dress for her. And that's always fun. It never gets boring. In 42 years, I've never been bored in our store. It is one of my most favorite things to see a dad walk in toward the end of our meeting together with a bride, the mom and the aunt or whoever shows up that day. And they want dad's approval. It's very heartwarming because there is a little bit of a tear sometimes that happens. And then this heartwarming joy that fills the room. When there's a wedding in your family, go straight to the Bridal Veil. 2121 41st Avenue in Capitola, BridalVeilFashions.com. Biotech is the new insect repellent for crops, so what's still bugging us? The compromise of genetic variation and buildup of resistance. Join Michael Olson Saturday at 9 a.m. as the Food Chain hosts Dr. Andy Dyer, Associate Professor of Biology at the University of South Carolina, Aiken, into a battle of biodiversity. It's What's Eating What, Saturday, 9 a.m. on the Food Chain. What day was that? Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Bob Woodward. Now, President Trump is not the only leader determined to take his case direct to the public. In the past couple of days, WikiLeaks has made 9,000 documents from the CIA's Center for Cyber Intelligence public. Between the president's tweets and WikiLeaks and smartphones that capture any and everything on video, uh, are we entering a new era of transparency? Forced transparency, perhaps. But I would not uh, make equivalent what the president puts out and what WikiLeaks is doing. Uh, WikiLeaks has somehow uh, got individuals or got into some of the, allegedly into some of the CIA computers and is putting this stuff out. Uh, that is not normal process. What the, when the president puts out his comments and his tweets and gives speeches and uh, his cabinet and administration make de- declarations, that's kind of normal process. Uh, WikiLeaks is not. There are some that claim that WikiLeaks is a new breed of news bureau, one that owes no allegiance to any country or political agenda. Their their whole philosophy is full transparency of what governments are doing. Um, do you believe that that's a, a, a trend in news, or is this really espionage? Well, it, it, first of all, it's not a news bureau. And uh, the intelligence community in that report they issued in January 
uh, said that the information that WikiLeaks put out uh, what, came from uh, Russia, and uh, they were acting as an arm directly or indirectly of the Russian government. So that is hardly comparable to a news bureau. But again, we don't have facts to buttress that. That, that again, is a, a bit of hearsay, isn't it? No, they put out a report. They made that claim. Now, they also said that all of the uh, basis for it, the intelligence basis, uh, was highly classified. So you can be appropriately uh, skeptical of that or accept it uh, as something our intelligence people said. But how do you deal with that? I mean, you're dealing with uh, the intelligence agencies in Washington every day. Uh, they tell you something, and then you ask for corroborating evidence, and they tell you, well, that's classified. What, what do you do with that? Well, then you don't pu- publish it. You want to, you want to find uh, some corroboration and for it to be anchored in some reality. Uh, but I, you, your, your point, your larger point, I think, is an interesting one, and that is that we're increasingly unsure of what we're being told by political figures, by the news media, by something like WikiLeaks. Uh, we're, we're not clear of who's, uh, who's behind it, what the motive is. So I, I think one impact here is that a lot of people have just tuned out. There's some polling that I think is very interesting that Trump, who got 46% of the vote, Basically, the polling shows 46% of the people still support him. And uh, the problems that uh, he has had, uh, the criticism uh, that has been made of his first couple of months, uh, isn't taking with lots of people. Uh, I saw a poll that said, uh, asked the question, do you believe the news media is enemy of the people? Mm-hmm. And the the uh, story on it tried to tell you, oh, well, this is good news. Only uh, 38% believe that. Well, that's pretty uh, astonishing that 38% of the people might believe that the media is the enemy of the people. That doesn't mean you can't criticize the media or that you shouldn't and be skeptical about it. But enemy of the people uh, has got lots of historical overtones and suggests that it's not that the media is not just uh, negligent, but uh, actively trying to undermine government or the new administration. Now, there are people who allege that, people who believe that. Uh, But that's pretty hard to put at the doorstep of Donald Trump. I mean, what has the media done to earn that? That would be my first question. Well, he's the one who's criticized it. And uh, he made the point some weeks ago, I think. He said it's about tone. And there is a tone in the coverage that is uh, often sarcastic and negative, and uh, not just on the opinion pages. So, uh, in a sense, I think he's got a point here. What I, I want to go back to the really large question: What's he going to do? There are roughly, I think, seven areas, maybe eight, where he's going to make major policy decisions, or there's going to be legislation or not. The first is the economy. What's he going to do about the economy? Tax reform, Obamacare, some of the domestic programs. That's all hanging. We do not know. What's he going to do about cybersecurity? Clearly a big, (laughs) a mounting problem in this country, in the world. Uh, Somebody told me the other day that uh, one of these countries can... Uh, literally turn off the lights in a city if they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, other area, counterterrorism. We haven't had a mass casualty terrorist attack in this country 
since 9-11. Many defenses have been built up. The intelligence agencies, particularly the FBI, work uh, very aggressively on that. Uh, But it's been successful. Well, is it going to continue to be successful? What is the Trump policy going to be in the Middle East, uh, which many people describe as a cauldron. Uh, Many of the problems in the Middle East just were uh, only got worse in the Obama years, many people allege. What's going to be the policy toward Russia? Trump reaches out to the Russian leader Putin, but people have told me in building up the military, Trump is going to do lots of things Putin doesn't like. So let's see, where's that going? What's the policy toward China, toward North Korea, where you have a highly unstable leader with nuclear weapons? Uh, what's going to happen uh, with uh, immigration and trade issues? So the things that if we talked in a year or two at, or at the end of Trump's four years, uh, we would look back and say these are the kinds of things that are going to measure his success or failure as a president. Those are the sort of things that are going to impact people's lives, and we get caught up in this swirl of uh, tweets and uh, all kinds of things that aren't in those core areas that are going to define the future. I cannot agree with you more, Mr. Woodward. I I think that is a a very important list that you just cited. But at the same time, I am troubled by the fact that none of the tweets address any of that list. (laughs) And and this is why I said earlier, are are the tweets driving too much of what the media is is jumping on? Because uh, none of the tweets address any of that. He doesn't tweet about... Oh, no, some some of the tweets do address uh, parts of it, but they... Well, I, not very many. I mean, I haven't seen very okay. many tweets about uh, the cauldron in the Middle East and what's going to be done there. I, I don't hear, I don't see tweets about the cyber uh, security. Uh, yes, a few about immigration, but they were more campaign and slogans. Some, some about North Korea and so some, forth. So some, some recently. You know, there's some out there, but... Uh, what are these policies going to be? And they're cl- what is the legislation going to be? Well, we're going to have Clearly to take a complex. short break. When we come back, let's talk about that list. You're listening to the Costa Report. A hundred thousand dollars inside an old console TV set. The TV had been put in the trash, and once it got to the recycling plant, a worker found the cash as he was dismantling it police were actually able to track the money back to the original owner who put it in the TV set 30 years ago and then forgot about it. Now, as you start to think about the places in your home where there might be some hidden cash, think about the treasures that are hidden in the Bible. Every page of the Bible points you to the peace and joy that are found only in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died to take the penalty for your sins. That means you can live forever with God in heaven if you surrender your life to Jesus. Are you ready to crack open a Bible and discover these treasures? A great place to start is the book of John. And we're here to help you out too online. Just go to findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, recent winners of the best sparkling wine in the U.S. in the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. So what is it about your Brut Cuvée that beat all the other competitors around the world? We really focus on creating an expression of the Santa Lucia Highlands and doing it the right way. And when you control the process from the beginning to the end and you have talent like Michelle and top-tier grapes, they really shine through. This was a worldwide competition. It was definitely a humbling experience. We were in a room with producers that have been making wine for over 100, 200 years and was a huge honor to have Tom Stevenson give us the best U.S. Sparkling Wine Award. We fared really well overall. We had three wines win best of class, which was great. 
Visit the Caraccioli Tasting Room on Dolores Street in Carmel-by-the-Sea or find us online at caracciolisellers.com or reach us by phone, 831-622-7722. Is your computer running real slow like this? Or are you getting the blue screen of death? Do you have to do a restart several times a session? Tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it. It's too late to download another free PC Fix-It program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast, friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza, or give them a call at 831-423-9653, and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at user-friendly computing. Call 831-423-9653. Coast Paper and Supply, a proud member of Think Local First, is positively impacting our environment. They're providing green businesses with eco-friendly cleaners, food service products, and other biodegradable items. Coast Paper and Supply is located at 151 Josephine Street in Santa Cruz and is open weekdays 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. You can give them a call at 831-423-3350. That's 831-423-3350. Or visit CoastPaperSupplyInc.com. Hi, this is Dr. David Biles. I want to thank the listeners of the Perspective Radio Show for keeping Santa Cruz County fluoride-free and spreading the word on Agenda 21, chemtrails, geoengineering, the hazards of flu shots, vaccines, and the benefits of oil pulling and biological dentistry. Listen to me, Dr. David Biles, and the other Perspective host, Tom Quinn, as we air the most influential hour on KSCO, noon to one every Saturday, 1080 AM, 104.1 FM, and KSCO.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we are speaking with the associate editor of the Washington Post and award-winning investigative journalist, Mr. Bob Woodward. And before the break, you were making the point that many years from now, uh, we'll look back and the issues that will matter will be how our new president addressed the economy, the deficit, immigration, North Korea, cybersecurity, tax reform, and so on. And I agree with you. Uh, but I was also suggesting that not only are there fewer tweets and coverage of these issues, but when it comes to foreign policy, uh, the American public seems to be, I don't know if they're just uh, foreign weary. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. Uh, foreign weary, they, they, they don't seem to be as interested. We don't get the kind of uh, foreign news coverage that you get from the BBC, Al Jazeera, and other foreign news bureaus. And, and I spend a lot of time overseas, so I can vouch for that. Can you speak to that for a moment? Well, that, there is a good deal of coverage in my newspaper, the Washington Post, the New York Times. I think the um, networks uh, do a pretty good job on uh, foreign coverage. But the wars we're in, Iraq or the war against uh, the Islamic State and the war in Afghanistan, have, have, we have reduced numbers of troops. The casualties are not high, so it's not on uh, people's radar scope. Uh, if we get into another war or there's some calamity that occurs, then the attention will go up. But, uh, you know, I think you're right. People live in their private bubble more and more. Uh, I think some of that is a result of confusion and disgust with what's, what goes on in the political world, uh, not just President Trump, but also the Democrats and the, the confusion that they have uh, really become victim of. And so it's not clear what the Democratic Party is, what the Republican Party is. So there's a lot of tune-out. and uh, But that changes once some of these domestic or, uh, policies or foreign policies get more clearly defined. 
But you would think that we'd have a wake-up call when Netanyahu has to bypass the Oval Office and present his case to the U.S. Congress. Well, he, he then has met with Trump, and apparently they've, they have established uh, some what of a workable relationship. So I don't think... Right, um, but you, but you, I'm just saying that, you know, our, our obsession with domestic issues, you would think that when a leader like Netanyahu says, well, wait a minute, I'm going to take my case to the Congress and the American people, you would think that would be a bit of a wake-up call. You know, just this past week, let, let me just give you an example of, of something I was pretty shocked about. Um, this past week, a military hospital in Afghanistan was attacked by ISIS terrorists that were posing as healthcare workers, and and uh, 30 died. And there's been a lot of uh, recent turmoil, a lot of recent ISIS activity in Afghanistan, uh, showing that we're not fully in control of uh, important assets like Kabul. Yeah, um, well, we've never been in full control of anything. Uh, abroad in these areas uh, where there's violence and where there's an ongoing uh, insurgency and war. And yet this was, you know, I'm not talking specifically about the New York Times and the Washington Post, uh, because you have investigative journalists there and do a good job. I'm just talking about the media at large in comparison, when you turn on CNN, Fox News, you know, MSNBC, any of the TV programs, there's almost, uh, as a percentage, a minuscule coverage of what is going on in the Middle East. Yes. I mean, again, it's, it's people have uh, tuned out largely. But if we have a major war uh, or something like 9-11, uh, God uh, hope let's hope doesn't happen, but something like that, some major event uh, like the invasion of Iraq in 2003, then people will start paying more attention. But that feels so reactive. I mean, from the the standpoint of the press's obligation, you know, I understand the press provides a conduit for visibility and also public oversight, but how about education? Well, look... uh, it's not a perfect process, but if you look at the coverage, I'm most familiar with the coverage in my own newspaper. We have many reporters abroad have some rather astonishing on-the-ground coverage in the Middle East, in Afghanistan. So is it perfect? No, but there is an awful lot there. We we need you to start tweeting, Mr. Woodward. <laughs> no, see, but, but no, that's exactly what I should not do. No, I have a Twitter account. Look, at, a, at a time when we uh, are having trouble with veracity, I think that uh, investigative journalists like yourself tweeting would be maybe part of the antidote. No, see, just and, uh, precisely the opposite. Uh, investigative in-depth reporting you spend weeks months or even years on something and you try to lay out all sides and all the information you can't reduce it to 140 yeah. characters you, well you can't you lay it out like a lawyer lays out a case a forensic case so, somewhat and you yeah. can't shoehorn this into a tweet and uh, an effort to do that uh, is going to be profoundly misguided in my view. <laughs> well uh, we are just about out of time but before we run out of time where can listeners go to get more information about your activities and your books um, to uh, my website uh, bobwoodward.com and uh, there's a lot of information there it goes way back to the 70s 80s 90s 2018 books and extensive coverage on some of the major events in the last 45 years. One of my favorite sites to visit late at night, I will I will confess that. And I am afraid we are at the top of the hour, so let me take this opportunity to thank you for your public service and for continuing to challenge all of us in the media to raise our standards. Thank you, Mr. Woodward. Thank you. 
Our topic today has been the U.S. media and whether the president's criticisms have caused us to take a hard look at how the news is being reported. And speaking of taking a hard look at how we've done things in the past, I have a question for you. Here is my question. Are you hiring? And do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates anymore. It's time to make a change. If all you want to find the perfect hire is to post your job on all the top job sites, well, now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 200-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and then hire the right person fast. It's so easy and so efficient to use. And it's what we at the Costa Report use to find the best talent in radio. But you can use ZipRecruiter to fill any job. Whether you're looking for an IT manager, an ER nurse, administrative assistant, a computer programmer, or even a chef, ZipRecruiter is the best way to find the best person for your job. You can find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by Fortune 100 companies and thousands of small and medium-sized businesses right now by going to ZipRecruiter.com report. You can post your job for free. That's right. Right now, listeners of this program can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash report. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash report. Be sure you get that slash report in there so you can take advantage of this free offer. And I have to tell you, uh, uh, we have been using ZipRecruiter for, I don't know, quite a long time. I don't know exactly how many months. But it is the reason we can deliver quality interviews like the one you heard today week after week. It always leads to a, uh, a fantastic group of candidates for our jobs here. And uh, we are a small business. And that wraps up our first hour. If your station is leaving us after the first hour, my guest next week is former chairman of the Democratic Party and popular author and talk show host, Bill Press. He'll be here to talk about what the president can do to encourage Democratic support. Don't miss Bill Press next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.